everybody live from Pasadena, California, a change of venue for you folks. It's the Ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller. How you feeling? I'm here. And I've been bitten by a serious mosquito. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know anything about it, Google mosquito infestation Los Angeles. There has been a mosquito outbreak. I know that's why you guys, not why you guys tune in, but there's a mosquito outbreak that's going on in Southern California with these special mosquitoes that are probably GMOs that have... And I'm a victim of them. Yeah, me too. And they bite you underneath the knee. That's their hallmark. It's some special form of mosquito that's running rampant. And it's causing a lot of allergic reactions. And even to my brother, the icons. It's unfortunate. Very. Must be a Dodger fan. (laughs) But let's get it on, folks. We got a lot to cover today. Primarily, we're going to focus on postseason baseball. Uh, We haven't spoken to you because we were out on the road. I went out to New York City, out at the Javits Center. I went and indulged in a little Comic-Con action, folks. Because I'm Raphael. And from time to time, Raph's got to make an appearance. And that's what happened. People traveled from far and wide to come get an autograph, talk to us about the new show, Rise of the TMNT. It's all good. But we're back in the saddle now, and I've been watching baseball all week, and i got a lot of bones to pick. Three of the four series have already been decided, and the four series may be decided by the time you guys hear this podcast, to be honest. But uh, let's start off with the Brewers and the Rockies. Very disappointing outing by the Rockies. I'm not really disappointed in them because they literally didn't have what it takes this year. I, I feel like they were a good team. I wanted them to go, but the, the Milwaukee Brewers are a better team. I mean, literally, they, they work on getting into their bullpen. They get into their bullpen. It's a problem. Yeah, and they've been getting surprising, to me, surprisingly good outings from their starting pitching. Yeah. because I, I don't expect much from Jules Chassin. Yeah, but they're only going five. You know, they're usually trying to work to go five and dive. And after that, you get into the bullpen. That bullpen is filthy. I it's mean, airtight. dirty. But I, but I tell you what, the reason I'm disappointed in the Rockies is because there was a lot of fundamental baseball plays that they didn't make, which then in turn cost them. Bullpen, no bullpen. If you get deep into a game or the beginning of a game and you get runners in scoring position with less than two outs, you got to get those guys home. you got to get them home. I and, agree. And And... But that's could you agree that that's wear and tear from the road, from the travel that they were going through? Some of it was that, but some of it was not that. Some of it was bad coaching. But Black is a notoriously defensive coach. And me, myself, I don't understand why David Dahl didn't play more. David Dahl was their hottest hitter in the month of September. Yeah, and there was no reason to sit him down. Especially for Matt Holliday, who is, you know, at the end of the road. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with Matt Holliday. And it was almost like he was giving him a farewell tour, which he, yeah. you know. He didn't really deserve. I mean, it was a Not right deal. now, he doesn't. It was a Definitely. Deal for him to get back to, you know, to the show. Yeah. He wasn't even in the major leagues. And he he should, should have been a supplement player. Yeah, but instead. Or a compliment player, rather. I know what you mean. He ends up in, in the clutch situation with the bases loaded, the runners on second and third with no outs. Strikes and he out. can't even make contact. He strikes out. And you got David Dahl that was going to pinch in for him, and Bud Black called him back. Well, and All because they were scared of that kid hater coming in. Yeah, but you know what, though? The cream rises to the top at this point, and he's not the cream anymore. No. No, he's not. And you know what? We're seeing that youth movement all across the board because this kid hater is one of the biggest weapons in the postseason that's out there. Please believe it. Old racist tweets or not, the kid can deal. And he can deal for multiple innings if need be. He can deal however you need it. Now, personally, I feel like you can get him with the lights being too bright. Like the Cubs got him at the end of the season. Uh, and the Cubs actually had him in trouble when they played them in the in the wild card game, and he you know he clutched up. I don't believe that. I think for, for that kid, 
especially since he's been under scrutiny. I think that one of the biggest problems for him is just being worn out a little bit. Because, maybe. Yeah, maybe, because that's, the, maybe I'm interpreting it as the, the lights being too bright. Yeah, but, but I could I could go for that. Yeah, because it's, it's a long season, and he's never been there before, and it's not about the lights. I don't feel like with him, it's just it's like he just hasn't been there enough as far as physically. Right. I, and with the lights saying. coming on, most of the time it's just like, whoa, like, like yeah. we're seeing from Severino. Yeah, oh man, let's get to that in a second. But who else the lights seemed too bright for? He ended up working through it was Jeffries. Yeah. The yeah. lights do seem too bright for him, and that's going to yeah, be that's a problem. True. But I think that he's there now. I mean, he came back. Yeah, he came he, he back. bounced back. back. Okay, and that's what you need. That's what you need, but they, though. But they let him come back. I, I, I felt like. Yeah, yeah, but all you need to do is grab your confidence. It doesn't matter how you get back as long as I'm back. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. It's true stubby. But, um, so they, they plowed through them 3 0. And I think that you, you can't be overstated that the Milwaukee Brewers have the Kansas City Royals North going. And that is a big deal. Just having that complement of Kansas City Royals players right Who now. Just recently won a World Man, Series. Man, are you kidding? First of all, so big. they lost a World Series. Then they came back and won a World Series with still arguably, in my opinion, maybe the best team I've ever seen play any sport. Uh, that, really? That, that 2016, 2015 Royals 2015. team. Team wise, I mean they they were never they should never have been the favorites against anybody, and they there's no way they should have beat that Mets team in real life. They shouldn't have beat that Mets team. It's a front line, a monster front line that they Harvey, went against Thor, Degrom, and a young Mats. Yeah, that they plowed through those dudes, and uh, you know somebody always stepped up in that in that. But uh, I digress. Back to Milwaukee now. What's happening with Milwaukee now is you're seeing guys make plays. I just personally, and I said it before, I don't believe. And you told me, hey, they have it all. They can they can bang you out, which is true. They got Yelich, who is the clear MVP at this point. Right. My biggest knock for them was that because they didn't play good defense earlier. Yeah. And now they seem like they're tightening up. And it's tightened up. But And that's partially to do with the Kansas City Royal acquisition. Yeah. Because now Renzo doesn't let anything drop. Moustakas is airtight over at third base. It's a, they're, they're a complete team. I don't know about Craig Council. And what I'm learning more and more is, is this coaching is essential. Uh, and that's where I'm sold. I'm, I'm sold on Craig Council okay. because he actually showed you he really outcoached Bud Black. He clearly outcoached Bud Black. I mean, like, and Craig Council is a winner. I mean, Craig Council, what, does he have two rings? Craig Council was a winner. Yeah. And in my and from Florida, I mean, the, the Marlins were tough. He was a tough hitter. I, didn't he get the winning knock in one of the series? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he the guy that got that knock up the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're pumped up. Turbo. (laughs) How (laughs) how did Oh, no wonder it's not working. I'm turning the wrong guy. (laughs) I am. Yeah, that's uh he did. He got he got a big knock. Um didn't he get one in Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. He's the real deal, man. I think he's got two, maybe three rings, right? I don't know if he's got three. He got a two piece though. He got a two piece for sure. He's coming for you. How how again? Yeah, so uh, we got that series wrapped up, and now Milwaukee is waiting for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I have to say, the Dodgers, and this is as a Dodger fan, the Dodgers look better than I expected them to look. And one big reason for that is because Hun Jin Ru showed up and showed out. And if you can get seven scoreless from Hun Jin Ru, the Dodgers are in really, really good shape. Because you still got the GOAT sitting back there who, without his best stuff, can still give you eight on any given day. Solid eight. Solid eight. And then... Uh, eight ball quarter pocket. <laughs> he consolidates for you. And then you also have... Um, 
Walker Bueller. Now, one thing that I really liked that Dave Roberts did was the Dodgers won the series 3-1 for anybody who doesn't know. Walker Bueller got into trouble, and it was all between his ears. It wasn't his stuff. He just literally could not find strike zone. Nobody yeah. really knows what happens, but if you've ever pitched before, you know what happens. Sometimes, Sometimes you just lose it. You just lose it. <laughs> I'm, lo- it. I'm lost in the moment. Yeah, and he, and he owned it. You better never let it go. <laughs> yeah, and then he did that. He gives up a grand slam. The Dodgers are down 5 to nothing. Best thing that Dave Roberts did was keep him in the game. So, like I said, the Dodgers overperformed. Bueller stays in the game. Saves the bullpen. The Dodgers did not want to come back to Chavez Ravine for game five. Now it lines up so that they get their their pitching set the way that they want it to be set. Um, and you could potentially look at a Kershaw-type player in a games one, four, and seven if need be. Right. Um, you always like to go position by position. I think that in that situation, Milwaukee has a lot of advantages. <laughs> uh, but got to do something about Cody Bellinger. Uh, you yeah, know, the K machine. People love him, and he's a good-looking kid. He has a lot of potential, but he's never just like I told you earlier in this year. He never fixed that that thing that got exposed with the Astros last year in the World Series. And you knew that they were going to re- go right back to it. And um, I'll say they go back to the World Series and face the Astros. What do you think the Astros are going to do to him? Make him look really, really bad. He's going to be unplayable, which is okay because I want Matt Kemp in the game anyways myself. Yeah, but I don't think that Dave Roberts will ever give in to just taking the kid out. I mean, No, I don't think so either. It seems like he's sold on him, and for some reason, I don't know if Matt Kemp's in the doghouse or what's going on. I don't on. know what it is. Or like you had stated in the past is that you know maybe it's an incentive-driven clause or something like that. But Matt Kemp should be playing all the time, full time, playing all the time, especially and Jock Peterson too. Jock Peterson's a big time ball player. You come to find, yeah. Well, Jock's like been him. in left, and uh, Cody's been in center, and Puig's been in right. Yeah, and Puig's been playing above average to me. Puig maybe the, the series MVP. Yeah, Puig, Puig. He's putting it together. He's putting it together. I mean, not not to the potential of what everybody thought that he was going to be like a forty home run guy. And and he's not over. He's still whatever. very young. Yeah, but, you know, they were looking for that. But now he's just giving you some of the smaller things that you need to win games. Now, does Puig get the crazy deal that Jason Hayward got? Jason Hayward got I don't see what five from the Cubs. There's no way you can tell me you'd rather have Jason Hayward than Puig. No, I wouldn't. At this but, point in their careers. Yeah, but I would I would definitely I'd give Puig a buck and a quarter. Tell him, tell him wow. he can have it. Wow. I, I wouldn't you want it? <laughs> you, you can have it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely not give – I mean – are gone are the days of the monster contracts like that, maybe, because guys have taken advantage of that and don't produce? You know, maybe. I don't know. I can't call it, but I know that I'm looking forward to the series, and you can catch us at the Ravine, because this is going to be a humdinger. And that really, really groovy show. A stone groove, baby. A stone gas. Yeah, so uh, we got that. Then on the flip side, the, the Cleveland Indians – Disappeared because the Houston Astros absolutely, positively destroyed them. That's what great pitching does. And then you throw in a couple of sticks here and there, which is like eight oh, out of the nine. <laughs> I would say six out of their nine. And six out of nine, huh? Yeah. Who do you got? Who's the weakling? They let Brian McCann swing it the other day. He didn't look good. He didn't. B Mac hadn't swing in a long time. No. Yeah. And that consistently looks like that. You know, you get older, you can't catch up with the yeah. keys. The bad speed goes. Yeah. But you know, I would go seven out of the nine. Well, they had your man in left field, the lefty, but he swung it. The the lefty. Mar one. No, no, Marwin swings it. Josh Reddick. No, what's the kid's name? Tony uh, Kemp. Yeah, Tony Kemp. Yeah, the, the one Kemp is playing. In the yeah, playoffs. and he Tony and he Kemp. does well. But then you're talking. And he brings about, another element of speed. Yeah, George Springer in center. You got Josh Reddick who swings it. Jo- uh, Jose Altuve. Gori- I feel like Josh Reddick swings it. Goriel, but 
Josh Reddick swings it when you need it. Uh, Altuve, um, Correa, and Bregman. Come on, man. That's Compton and Long Beach. You know you, you, know you you're in trouble. trouble. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but they look great. They filled those holes. Why do you hate to say that? Because they filled mm. the holes. They, they're at the point of being like the Golden State Warriors of baseball. Right. They, they filled the holes in the bullpen. Garrett Cole comes, like we told you, off of that arbitration nonsense in Pittsburgh. And Garrett Cole, the real Garrett Cole, has stood up. And he's striking out 10, 12 guys a game. And he's dominating. It's, it's something about the domination that is really tough on a team. Right. And what they give you, too, when you get you talk about horses and Verlander and Garrett Cole, they go deep into the games. They go deep into the games. Seven, eight, maybe nine if you need it. I mean, I have it. I'm, <laughs> I know. But you know what? They don't really usually have to do it because they score so many runs. and That the game isn't even close. Yeah, they jump Shout out of your mic. They jump, yeah, towel over your head, fourth quarter. Scotty and Mike. They they jumped on Corey Kluber. They what? Kluber gave up four four runs in four innings. They hit up Corey Kluber like he didn't win twenty games this year. Right. So, so Corey Kluber, Carrasco, Carrasco, and and then Clevenger, who actually pitched the best out of all of them. Yep. But surprisingly, Trevor Bauer, they got two, but. Trevor Bowers a reliever. I don't understand how Trevor Bowers a top ten pitcher in the major leagues all year, and then suddenly he's in the bullpen. Doesn't make any sense, but you know what? They, they, pay, they pay for it now, so now they can come watch the game next to us and yeah, at the stadium. Come, come join the Ozone guys, and I really like their lineup. You know, I called you before game one. And I said, you know what? I'm looking at these lineups. I actually like the Indians tonight. Oh, poor Michael child. Family. You got you got my man Lindor, who was the only person on the team who looked like he was up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. Lindor was up for the challenge. Jose Ramirez got completely shut down. Edwin Encarnacion didn't even play long enough to get injured. <laughs> right? That's He's classic. like Chris Paul. Classic Ed- Edwin. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, guys just got shut down. I did very disappointed. Now, I felt like the winner of that series was going to win the World Series, and we'll see if that, that remains to be seen. Because... Yeah. Yeah, because Boston or the Yankees, neither one of them actually have anything that's overpowering besides their sticks. And when you, the the Houston Astros score more runs than everybody in baseball by a lot, by a lot. And then you also talk about the pitching. The front line pitching is dominant, and they have a bullpen now. So the Yankees or the Red Sox are to me are sacrificial lambs. We're going to see that because that's why they play the games, and and they still got some games to play, or at least one game to play. Because by the time that you guys hear this, the the series may have already been decided between the greatest rivalry in sports, as they call it, between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. Alex Cora doesn't get enough uh, kudos. No, yeah, he's not even. I don't even hear people in the conversation for him as a first year manager. Wins the most games in the league. Win the most games in the league in a while. Um, and he made adjustments. They lost that second game because David Price got jumped on, as David Price does. And then the Yankees brought out, as you so eloquently tweeted, their right-handed David Price, known as Luis Severino. Yeah, and he got destroyed. He can't if he does not work with the lead. He, he's not an effective pitcher. He has a serious confidence problem, and, and that's an issue in itself in New York. The lights are way too bright for him. Yeah, they seem like they're way too bright. I'd like but I, they dim down if he gets a lead, which is right. really interesting. Right. It's, so he needs to have like crazy run support. He would never be able to pitch like Clayton Kershaw pitches with one or two runs in a game. Yeah. You know, and, and if you have you ever seen him dominate in a tight tight game, uh, come out with that win. Uh, he played in that wild card game. 
Yeah, how tight was the game? Was it tighter than the bread on the meat of your sandwich? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. They get uh, judge helped him out early. Yeah, and then he only went five, four and two thirds, or four yeah. and third. This is what I'm saying. So in that, I've, it's early to, in my opinion, it's early to cast the dispersions of him being a full bum. But he's not a bum because he still has potential and talent. But the thing of it is that I don't feel like it's suited for New York because we we were speaking about Jabba Chamberlain and Ian Kennedy and all these other guys that come they before get you him. Out of there. And you know the Yankees get rid of you if. You don't perform. They used to. I don't know what they do now because they got rid of Joe Girardi, and it seems like that might come back to haunt them. I have not been impressed with Aaron Boone's work. No, not at all. I mean, he's done a few suspect things that look like they're coming back to haunt him, but he's the one that, at the end of the day, is going to have to take blame. Sure is because it's a good team. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, I don't know what part he played in getting Stanton instead of the potential MVP and JD Martinez, but. J.D. Martinez is out there has changed Boston. He's like a he's 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 made himself felt like a right-handed David Ortiz minus type player, right? Yeah, because he just doesn't have the pedigree just yet. Not that he can't get there, but he doesn't have the rings at this point. Yeah, well, everybody that was on the show before, I had to tell. I hate to tell you guys. I told you so, and I really don't hate to tell you that. But it doesn't hate so. <laughs> because. J.D. Martinez is a complete hitter. He's what you're looking for. If you just want to go get a slugger, you grab a Stanton. But in clutch situations, that does not help you because Stanton is going to strike out in big-time situations, whereas J.D. Martinez will give himself up and go to right field and just get a double or a base knock or move a runner over. Professional. Mm -hmm. Last night, you saw Honestly, I think Arizona wins the West if they have J.D. Martinez. I really have to agree with that because he's a a game-changer. His war's got to be crazy, and I hate war. Yeah. (laughs) I, it, it probably isn't because they keep saying that Mike Trout's is the highest. So his can't be too crazy. It could be nuts. I mean, you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, can't wait to get to Chavez Ravine for those games. Hopefully there's five games. Is it the games or the popcorn? You love a good bag of corn. No, it's definitely not the popcorn. That's but me. <laughs> they don't even have good popcorn at Dodger City. But um, what else do we got? We got... This this Red Sox game tonight we got which may or may not have already played out by the time you hear this, but we got CC going up against potentially Porcello. The Yankee sticks got to get going. It is what it is, and I don't know. I really don't have a lot of faith in Rick Porcello, but he does show up sometimes. And not only that, I really CC knows how to give you the five and dive. But against this Red Sox team, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough. But they are a a fastball hitting team. Not and CC is and I don't agree. No, you just think they're a hitting team. They're a hitting team, especially with J.D. Martinez, because this is the element that J.D. Martinez brought. He's a student of the game, so he studies hitting, and he's willing. Watch J.D. Martinez make the, make the adjustments, and if he doesn't make the adjustments after his first at-bat, after you see him in his first at-bat, that'll tell you how that game is going to go, because J.D. Martinez is how you stirred that whole pot over there. Sure is, and he learned from Miguel Cabrera. Right. It really, really helped him out going to Detroit. Best trade ever happened to Big J.D. Man, unbelievable. So, CeCe, to me, if he can't, if they can't, and I know that they're not going to get length out of him. That's not what you can expect out of him now. But what you want him to do is keep you in the game. And if he can't keep you in the game, then they're going to have a problem. I mean, they brought out the whooping sticks last night. That was ugly. At Yankee Stadium. At Yankee Stadium. You could be looking at a Red Sox celebration at Yankee Stadium once again. And I, but the rivalry is not what it used to be. No, I mean, nah, because you're talking about guys getting taking a dose to the head, and you know, guys getting drilled at least three or four times in a series. I haven't I really. Cece just drilled somebody for five to the tune of five hundred G. Yeah, but that wasn't in the playoffs. He would he would have. CC is one of those guys. Yeah, CC is one of those guys. But you maybe have two or three of those guys on the whole team. Now, CC has also made it very clear that his services uh, once this season is over are still available. So yeah. if you would like to have CC Sabathia play for you, he's available to, to get busy. Probably go back to Oakland. 
I don't see why not, blood. Yeah. <laughs> down business. So, ah, oh, man, baseball, it's going down. I can't wait for all the series to start. The, so you feel like championship series. I was going to say, so you feel like those weren't really series. Well, you know what? They, the games weren't as tight as I like them to feel like. And those tight games are critical, you know. I really, really like that. And when you got Brock Holt going for the cycle off of a position player in a playoff game. It's not up, not up the code. It's, it's not tight, you know. What about Angel Hernandez? What about your friend Angel Hernandez? This guy, I never like him. For all I know, he got my good friend Angel Hernandez to make a bad call. <laughs> Again. Yeah, it's wow. Angel Hernandez blew the game, even though, thank God, the game wasn't close. Right. He, he he tried though. Get him an EF effort. He did. <laughs> he did his best to blow the game. I mean, Angel Hernandez should have retired years ago. He, I, I honestly, I don't remember when he was a good umpire. And neither does Pedro Martinez because Pedro gave it to him on the post. Oh, did he? Oh my goodness! I didn't hear it. Oh man, he didn't feel it. He thought he talked about how he was never one of the the, the good umpires. He wasn't. He was like a la Eric Gray, Trader Joe West. You know those guys just go out there and they make a lot of calls to me on ego or right. You know, not necessarily how the game or the temp. They don't. They seem to me not to be focusing on the game a lot because a lot of the calls that they get wrong, they shouldn't get wrong. Right. Angel Hernandez last night was atrocious. There's bad. a couple of calls at first base. Yeah, and he literally just looked like he took his eye off the off the play if he's not going to make the correct call. Yeah, uh, and he, you know, they have replay, which makes it even worse <laughs> because you used to be able to see a blown call and be like, "Man, did you see him blow that call?" And then everybody's pissed at Angel Hernandez for a year, uh, yeah, or for a lifetime. And now it's now it's a replay, and he has to wear the embarrassment of being so wrong. And this is why it's just unacceptable to have a guy like him calling balls and strikes because I've seen Angel Hernandez ambush pitchers once they get on his bad side, right? And that's why Pedro doesn't feel his work because Pedro's seen it as well. Now I wonder is he behind the dish tonight? Ooh, my goodness. I'm surprised. Yeah, he, he calls terrible balls and strikes as well. That's what I mean. That, it's, it's, terrible balls and strikes. He can't call it in the field. So what What are you worth in the, as far as being an umpire? Uh, man, you tell me. What will you pay him? Nada. Is he good for $100 million? <laughs> No. <laughs> Pack of smokes. Dude, Marlboro's lights. So, moving on. Did you see UFC 229? I did not see the whole thing. I saw the melee. I saw the melee. You know, it was kind of crazy because I, it looked like one of those commercials with all the found footage. And I saw that more so than I even saw the actual footage. Right. And you know what I gathered from it? Everybody isn't just out to promote fights. Right. And Conor McGregor bumped his gums. And he they caught him on a hot mic saying, hey, it's just business in the fight. And obviously to Khabib, it was not just business. He took it seriously, and I, I'm not mad at him. Because- I'm not either, because they brought in his religion. They brought in faith. They brought in his country, his, country, his, parents. his parents. They called him a Muslim rat and a dog in the, in the, in the, in the ring during the fight. Forget right. about the promo. Forget about storming the bus and breaking windows and almost breaking somebody's, cutting somebody, making somebody lose their eye. This is, and then you just want to act like it didn't happen. Say, hey, this is only business. No, that's the same kind of stuff that they're doing in this uh, that's administration just, now. This is what just I was just about to say. This is a serious problem in the world, and this is something that capitalism exports 
that is unfortunate. You can't for, for, uh, grant forgiveness on the on no, this. No, there's a line. Yeah, there's and a line. There's a great article if you have a chance. Go jump on Deadspin. There's a great article on Deadspin that talks about how Dana White has done everything that he can to foster this kind of environment for Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor, in the history of his promoting fights, loves to drop the f bomb, loves to talk about things that are supposed to be taboo. Uh, somebody's wife, somebody. All the sell tickets. All the sell tickets. It's not acceptable, and I understand poverty is rough, but this isn't the way to go. And and he learned. And honestly, it seemed like the the ref didn't appreciate his work either, because as soon as Khabib started with the rear naked choke, he tried to tap out. If you go rewatch the tape, yeah, and he wouldn't he give it up. Soft, and he didn't. He wouldn't give it up. He made him give up a full tap out. Give it up, Brad. And then another one. And then another thing. Everybody's giving Conor McGregor all this credit because oh, he's not pressing charges. See, he understands. Blah blah. No, he's not pressing charges because if you go back and watch the footage again, Conor McGregor is actually the person who threw the first sucker punch. Khabib, being the sucker that he is, soft sucker. <laughs> so Khabib hops the octagon because he's bad at bad it. Khabib hops the octagon, goes after the trainer who's been talking crazy during the fight. Meanwhile, Khabib's trainer jumps, just trying to get over the octagon. McGregor climbs up and hits him with a left. And that is what prompted uh, Khabib's brother, uh-huh. I think it was, that was in the red, that came up and started chunking him. And Conor McGregor went into the shell. He didn't want none. Right. I mean, but this is what happens, though, when you run your mouth like this. And he thinks that it's a game, and, and it's not. Literally, you went too far. You can't. You went too far. But see, this is the thing. In the shock media world of the Internet, in the instant gratification world of the Internet, never is there something that's too far. And, well, and, and, and well, obviously it was. In the third world, it is. Yeah. And, and, and maybe and, he'll learn the level of respect now. I hope. Because I, because it's not necessary to sell tickets. <laughs> if you are who you say you are, then you should be able to sell tickets without putting on the horse and pony like he's putting on. Because being disrespectful like that is not acceptable. You can make fun of guys, okay, whatever. But then when you start getting personal, like you, you're talking about his family, you're talking about his religion, talk about his you're dad, talking about, about his about country, you're talking about his whole life. This guy has respect and pride for his religion, his country, and everything else. So why is it that you feel like it's okay to, to, to mess with that? You, there's other places that you can go as far as in maybe his fighting style or something like that, but you really can't find no fault in his fighting style. He's 27 I mean, and 0. His skills are <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> but now, now he knows firsthand because he didn't actually get the whole sleeper on him. He looked like he was trying to break his neck. Man. Yeah, he did. And he didn't even get it deep under there. Yeah. He would have ripped his head off. And I think that that's why Connor wanted to tap so quick. He knew that he was facing uh, an enemy that was not playing. This wasn't just a fight. There was no, just like he said, it's not going to be any handshakes afterwards. He stood over him and towered over him as if to say, you want some more? I can end your life right now. Let me rock you, Amadeus. (laughs) Straight rocked him to the jaw. Oh, man, on stand-up. Oh, man. That wasn't nothing to do with that. You got to give Connor credit because he, he stood it. He took the punch. He didn't take it all the way, but, you mean, he supposed to have his chin tucked. Down. But his chin supposed to be tucked in the first place. What was up with that? Oh, man. You know, I'm I'm not over-impressed. Um, but, I'm, but, but then you had the other piece, which was your man giving the greatest post-fight interview ever, people are calling it. When Joe Rogan asked him why he took his pants off and switched his shorts, he said, because my balls was hot. Oh, and he, he gave you some strong tap dance work. Yeah, I didn't even pay attention to that. I don't. Yeah, I'm, that shuck and jive. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Take that somewhere else. He dropped that Amos and Andy on him. <laughs> and, uh, so, so that was that. But then we have some interesting news happening in the world of boxing. So the WBC just had its annual uh, uh, 
gala convention out in Kiev, uh, Ukraine, with mayor and former champion Vitaly Klitschko hosting. It was a lot of beautiful photos, uh, a lot of people out there that we spoke to about it. And maybe the most interesting thing that came about was this crazy quagmire that they announced for the middleweight division. Yeah, where they're trying to force Triple G to fight Charlo. Yeah. Now, I don't understand how you force a guy who's not the champion. He's not defending a belt now. You've already stolen his belt. You know his politics, and basically what they're doing is that they're putting a squeeze on him, trying to make sure that he can never get those belts back again. Yep. That's the way that I feel about it. A Charlo-type player takes a lot out of you. It's going to be tough to beat him. Especially at at Triple G's age and stage in his career. Yep. He's fought wars. And then then Canelo, for some reason, is moving to 68. To fight a cupcake. And I don't, I don't know. The I don't guys think it's work, a cupcake. But I, yeah, I was about to say I don't know the guy's work, but I don't know if he's. These are the guys that steal your belts on a low, <laughs> yeah. on he, the snake. But he ain't going to lose. But he ain't going to lose. But the guy's already talking slick. This guy's Rocky Fielding. He's already said he's too small. He said I'm going to come in that night 185, 190, and we'll see if he can take a real super middleweight. I don't so, think so. I, we'll see. I don't know. His he can take. He can take it. Triple G. I mean, he can take Triple G. He took his best punches, but he can take his belt as far as mano y mano. But what you're saying is, you don't have to take his belt. Yeah, basically, you know. And then, then what happened is, is they announced the fight, which could be the fight of the year, folks, with Joshua. Sorry, with Wilder versus Tyson Fury, and the trash talk has been ensuing. It's great trash talk. It's a great trash talk. It's a, it, especially if you've ever been in the black church, <laughs> because Deontay Wilder likes to preach and he talks about taking you to baptism with his right hand. <laughs> I think Tyson Fury's going to give him a problem. I do too, because even though he hasn't looked great, no, he hasn't looked great, but he does have fundamental boxing skills. He's an unorthodox and he's got size and height, and that's going to be a problem he's got for a jab. him. Yeah, and he's got a jab, but that height is a problem to me because I haven't found Deontay Wilder to fight anybody his size or. His height, uh-huh. and that's going to be a problem because before with his right, which is always to his advantage, is that he can come down on you. Yep. And with this guy, um, I think do believe Fury's I mean, a little bit taller than him. Yeah, taller than six nine. Yeah. Six, so it's a problem. I mean, and he doesn't have great punching power, but he's he's his style is so weird. That's why he gave Klitschko a problem. Yep. And Klitschko is one of the greatest champions ever. Yep. Yep. I just I'm reading right now that Billy Joe Sanders has been denied a license. And that's because he failed the test. And he was one of the main guys that, that jumped all over Canelo about cheating. And now they're saying that – I've read something else about this Billy Josanas. He's failed the VADA test. And what they're saying is the substance that he was on, I guess, is legal in the U.K. and illegal via VADA. So he's claiming still that he's a clean fighter and that he's ready to go. But now they've denied him his license which is not good for Billy Joe Saunders because he's the only other guy with the belt at 160. So you're looking at all these so fights that Canelo could have made at 160. Right. A trilogy with Triple G, Charlo, another champion in Billy Joe Saunders. Danny Jacobs has a belt. But no, instead of that, you want to go to 168 to fight a guy that no one's ever heard of. I think that they're doing a Except a, a, for the people in Liverpool might. Right. Well, they're giving you some classic Floyd work at this point now at the end of his career where you're, you're, him, you're cherry-picking now. You know, we'll see because we'll see if the fight even does any numbers. And this is something, you know, they're assuming that it's going to travel because they're, they're fighting in Madison Square Garden. But I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Now, they did just announce another interesting fight that 
I mean, it's, it's kind of lopsided, but it's interesting at the same time, which is Kell Brook and Amar, Amir Khan are going to fight. Right. And Amir uh, Khan can't beat Kell, Kell Brook. I don't believe that either, but I don't know if Kell Brook's eyes are ever going to get back together. Kell Even Brooks, if it doesn't, though, Amir doesn't hit that hard like that, like a Earl yeah, Spence or yeah. a Gennady to even fracture the, the orbital bone. Yeah, but that orbital bone might be weak. The bone, 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 <laughs> bone, 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 bone. Oh, tell me what you're going to do. What when you come around, judgment come for you. You were in the zone. Dude, I rake when I'm in the zone. I can in the ozone. When I'm in the zone. Oh, good one. I see what you did there. Hmm. Ah, yeah. Well, we got a lot to cover, folks. But we just want to give you a small dose of the ozone. We've been out on the road. We're back at home. Uh, you know, you, you've heard it before, but believe us this time. This consistency <laughs> coming. Yeah, believe, believe us. Please believe. Please. Believe. Well, we got to give Drew Brees a shout out. He just broke the record. I'm pretty impressive. Yeah. You don't want to give John Gruden a shout out? <laughs> yeah, hundred million dollar coach. Yeah, for stealing Raiders money, he stole them. <laughs> Especially for an organization that I don't like. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, and he's football season is actually shaping up to be pretty interesting. I don't believe in the Kansas City Chiefs. I have to I do believe in Pat Mahomes. They but just I don't believe in the Chiefs. I know they just beat the Jags, which was impressive. Which is <laughs> impressive. I have to give my because but, but, I wasn't but, believing. But, like but your boy disappeared again. Blake, the the old Blake Bortles showed up, and I don't know what it is about Blake Bortles. Well, he doesn't have his receivers that he used to have, so he's getting acclimated to these two new receivers, yeah. Dede Westbrook and uh, what Keenan Keelan Cole, Keelan Cole. Because you know he had Allen Hearns and Allen Robinson before, and now so now he has to get adjusted to having these two There's new receivers. Yeah, outrunning the whole night. Exactly. So I'm not going to put it all on Blake Bortles because he showed up against the New England Patriots, and I I, I had to give him love for that for a long time. Yeah, he did. You, you know, right. and that's a big You're right. game. You're right. You know. It's a big game. So, but but with the Chiefs going in there and handling them like that, that's very very impressive, even for Andy Reid. Yep. Well, not going in there, they were at home. So well, yeah, but still. But the, I hear what you're saying. Jack, yeah. The Jags' defense is very real. Yeah. And the Rams pulled out a game that was so impressive. Yeah. I really, really was impressed with, with McVeigh, with the youth, with the play calling, because that's a that's a, play, adjustments. that's a play John Gruden gets wrong. <laughs> All the time. You know, that's just like play. losing Khalil Mack. That's one of just like not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line and we're not talking about on the Seahawks. We're talking about with right now. Right. The Raiders. Yeah. You know, it, Rams still look good. Uh, they they say they're in for a tight one in, in in Denver. I'm saying the Rams are gonna blow Denver out. Why are they in for a tight one no in Denver? Idea. I have no Denver idea. has a problem stopping a run. They're good pass rush, but they have a problem stopping they have a run. The best running back in football, and they have the best running back in football. On so the planet, yes. <laughs> so why is it that I mean on any given on any given Sunday? But, but other than that, I don't see them having a problem right now, especially with Denver. Denver can't score. Yeah, I agree. As a matter of fact, I'm going on the fantasy on FanDuel and probably put that Rams defense in. Oh wow, yeah. nice. Uh, and then, oh, you poor cowboy fans. <laughs> mm. What's you wrong, boy? You said something interesting about Dak. Which which was which part? Uh, just we how talked you, how you feel about how they how Dak kind of gets played. Oh yeah, Dak is getting played. It's it's unfortunate because In the it, public eye. Um, uh-huh, because you know him standing up for his beliefs. Now people are you know pushing against him, but he's not a bad quarterback. He's lost some of his offensive line. He's lost, you know, and then that's always going to be a problem because now he's just like a lot of these other quarterbacks in the league where he has to hike the ball and start running. Right. But when it comes down to it, would you rather have Tony Romo or Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott, I feel like, is up and coming, and he's only been in the league two years, and you guys are holding him down and, you know, got his feet over the coals. Give him an opportunity. Give him some receivers. He doesn't even have any receivers. Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, he has Allen Hearns, but you have to have a complement of players, not just a one-sided event. And then you can't – and then you're talking about a system. The system needs to fit the player. Right. 
And it's, it's unfortunate that Dak is now being looked at close to a bus right now. Well, and a lot I've heard of murmurs of bringing Tony Romo back. Why would you wow, do that? I haven't heard that one. Yeah. pretty far. But, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with his stance with, with riding with Trump and MAGA. And that, that, that rubs the culture the wrong way in a lot of ways. Um, <clears throat> I'm not down with it either, but I can't say that the kid doesn't yeah, have talent. Watching his, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean his work ain't up to code. Right. So if you give him receivers, do you think that if you put him on a team like Kansas City that has a bunch of top-notch receivers, you got a over average, you got an above-average running back, but you don't have an offensive line anymore like you had? Which is not the Cowboys in their repertoire normally. Right. Because Ezekiel Elliott doesn't actually turn the league up. You can't be mad at Zeke. Yeah, but you definitely can't be mad at Deshaun Watson. Yeah, come on, man. So what do you want this kid to do? And and I'm talking about on the flip side of the ball in that all-Texas battle. Deshaun Watson and uh, I, my man DeAndre Hopkins that I have on my on my fantasy team. I like Will Fuller. DeAndre Hopkins may be the best receiver in football now. He's awesome, but Will Fuller, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins gets so much attention that Will Fuller usually is the one who reaps the benefits. He must lose. Yeah. But when De- but once De- um, Watson gets his legs under him, he's going to be a problem. All those receivers, because I don't feel like he has his confidence yet with those with his legs. You know, after that injury with those well, this knees, is like his third ACL tear. Yeah. Speaking of ACLs, R.I.P. to the ACL of J.H.J. Oh man, you had him on your squad too. I did. He was on the bench though. Yeah. So I wasn't mad. I mean, I'm mad because I don't like to see anybody tear their ACL. Yeah, that, that's a terrible gig. Yeah. And not only not only that. You're talking about him coming back from a, a year from when you tore it. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so, so, that's, so that's like you won't get into game shape until the game's already going. And that's when you're just getting Carson Wentz back. Yeah, and not only that, from once ACL. again, one more thing is that football players, especially running backs, have a short lifespan. Yes. So how many more as can he is? Yeah. You have, you have a four-year lifespan as is. I mean, you got guys which they keep recycling, like the Frank Gores and Alfred Morrises and whatever. Those are just like, to me, as far as baseball, as being an innings eater. They don't, they're not a threat, really. They'll milk the clock and everything. You can play ball control with them, but you're never worried about them breaking loose and busting one for 60 or 70 yards or nothing. You just, they just milk the clock. They get you three, four, and then they probably. Speaking of which, Alex Smith tried to kill Adrian Peterson this week. <laughs> what did he do? I didn't see oh, it. Oh, my goodness. Why? Let him over the middle. No, did, just stared at him the whole time. He was the check down, got his knees taken out. He just, <laughs> Thanks just, a lot, dude. Pass, terrible passes. Yeah, it was Alex Smith has come back to earth, and I think Redskins fans now recognize the downgrade that they got from when they had Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I don't understand. I never understood that situation why they never wanted to pay him. I don't understand. And they were paying him. That's the thing. Right. They were paying him. Paying him $25 million a year. All they want to do is slap that franchise on him. Yeah, that franchise had. Keep paying him one, one-offs. I don't understand. Wow. Matt Ryan, I got Matt Ryan on my team. Matt Ryan got busted up. The, the Atlanta Falcons are a real disappointment. It's amazing for me to see how much that offensive coordinator meant to them. Oh, they just have not been the same. They have not been the same at all. Because Anywhere near. Yeah, well, and even when he was there, though, I just have a problem when you have one of the most dominant receivers in recent memory that can't get into the end zone. It is very unacceptable for Julio Jones not to have a touchdown. Julio Jones. Every game. Come on, man. The dude, I don't, he doesn't have a touchdown now. I'm saying every yeah. game he should have at least one touch. And, and, and he has none. You got to get him the ball. He needs touch, He needs to be in the end zone some form or fashion. I don't care if it's a trick play. I don't care if we got to go to the sandlot, but you have to draw something up. I need Julio. Yeah, where Julio. Julio! I get the stretch. I need him to get the stretch. I need him to style it, to wild it. <laughs> Live it up in the end zone. Yeah, but he can't. I mean, they can't figure out how to get him the ball in the end zone. They can figure out how to get blown out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's very, very disappointing. <laughs> I, but but you know what? I think that Matt Ryan's going to have a good game this this week. Is he okay? I know they sent him out for x-rays. 
And you know, football players are tough. Usually it takes a lot to get them out. Of course, then we won't know until game time. They love a good game time call. So you can't set your lineup. <laughs> and that's what cost me a game. I'm actually three and two and I should be four and one. And the football fantasy is short. You don't get all the time. True. You got anything else you want to throw in? That's it. Man, it's a road edition of the Ozone, folks. We're a little worn out. We come back with some better energy, and we'll be back for you. I'll leave you with a wise Kenyan proverb, which says, A man who uses force is afraid of using reasoning. We're all in this thing together, folks. Love it or hate it. Let's live in unity and in peace. This is your host, Omar Miller, and you are in the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream.